Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. I want to talk about something that's really been on my heart. And today's message might seem a little heavy, and, uh, um, but I, I believe it's something that God wants to to just impart into you. So this series is called, as you can see, Countercultural. And uh, I love this background. Huge, huge uh, thank you to my daughter who actually created it. Didn't she do a good job with that? I think that's really cool. So I really love it. She's like, Dad, it kind of looks old. And I said, I am old, so I like it. <laughs> and uh, is JC in here? Is she? No, she's not in here. Okay, um, good. Just erase this on Facebook Live. Oh, no, it's live. Never mind, we can't erase it. Oh, well. Um, but I think sometimes, you know, you ever realize that it's only, let me, I want this to just ponder this in your mind for a moment. We'll dive into the message in just a minute. But it's only um, live fish that s- swim upstream. You ever thought about that? Like the dead ones just float along, all right? When we're alive, we go against that flow, okay? Sometimes it's harder. Sometimes there's rocks, there's currents, there's barriers, there's beaver dams. There's different things that we have to get through and we have to process and we have to figure out how we get through that journey. But I believe God wants us to, and I believe sometimes it's countercultural to the way that we see things happening around us. And, and I don't know about you, but I have seen uh, the world and, and the church from a biblical worldview become very black and white in today's world. And, and my prayer is that you would see that too. We are called out as Christians. And so today's message, if, if you're not a Christ follower yet, you're not going to understand this message today, and that's okay. So give your life to Christ, okay, um, so that you can understand this because God has his best interest in mind for you. And unless you understand that forgiveness, you're not going to understand this message. It's, it's going to seem cultural to you, not countercultural. And so Every single one of you this morning, including myself, is going to get something out of this message. It's something that's going to change your life before you even leave here today if you allow it to. And it's something that I, I want to just say this. There are certain topics that I have told God that I will not preach on. And uh, God says he's bigger than me. And he, he uh, don't argue with God. It just, it does not, it does not go well. I'm going to unplug this. I don't want to trip. And, uh. The, the thing of it is, I told God a long time ago, I said, I'm never going to preach on peace because for the week before, I deal with like unpeaceful situations because God makes sure there's not a hypocrite up here sharing something that I haven't gone through. Thank you, Lord. And it's okay. You know, come on, God. Give me, give me a break sometime. And, or the, the other one that I do not preach on anymore is trust. <laughs> I am not preaching on trust. Don't preach on that. And today's topic, you'll, you'll see it. I'm, I'm never preaching on it again because... Can I just tell you, when you tell God you're about to do something or preach something or live something, all hell can break loose sometimes where you're like, what is going on? I'm trying to get this figured out. I'm teaching on this, God, and I don't feel like I'm equipped or qualified now to teach on this. Anybody ever felt that way? Good. You're in good company today. The world, their ways and God's ways, they collide. If you're familiar with the famous salesman Zig Ziglar, uh, he used to say he would wake up in the morning and he would watch the news and read the Bible because he wanted to know what both sides were doing. That's good. That's really good. And I think the world and God's ways, it's kind of like oil and water. And have you ever like tried to mix that or like Heather will make this really good salad dressing. We haven't made it in a long time and it's got like sugar and vinegar and there's something else in there. I don't know what else is in there. 
oil, oil and vinegar even, and she'll mix it up and it looks really good. But if you like wait even 10 minutes, it looks like the nastiest science experiment I've ever seen in my life, like separating and gross and just blah, you know? And, and I think what happens is we sometimes, stay with me, we sometimes take the world's ways just a little bit and we take God ways, God's ways a little bit and we mix them and we shake them up and for that like moment, it looks like they go together. And then all of a sudden, they start settling. We're like, whoa, that's not working so well. Whoa, I feel like this is what God is calling me to do. Now, I want you to know that this message is completely bathed in grace. And I'm going to tell you right now that even myself, uh, there needs to be a mirror here today because this is all about what God wants to do in our hearts today. And so this is more of a, not an extrospective message, but an introspective message on really in here. And if you, if you picture your heart like this, picture it like this, if you will. But take, take your heart and just uh, kind of imagine it, and, uh, and you've got your heart here, and you just start peeling back the layers, okay? It's like an onion. And so God takes one layer at a time until he gets to that middle part. And so I don't know that we ever get to that middle part, but I think he's peeling back the layers all the time. And today, I believe, is going to be that layer for probably almost all of us today. Today's not the time to do an altar call because we'll all be up here going, all right, God, I need your help. I just believe that because I believe this is what God has for you. I believe this as much as I believe you should go see the new Avengers movie. That's how much I believe this today, okay? So let me tell you what happens at the end of the Avengers movie. Can I know? Please, please. I cried. Um, I want to propose... In the next few weeks, that God's ways are better. You might say, well, duh. I want you to believe it. I don't want you to have a preacher have to tell you. I don't want you to have to have your neighbor tell you, your friend tell you, or maybe somebody drug you to church today. I don't know. I want you to see it for yourself. Like I said last week, I'm a skeptic. That's how I became a Christian. God will use your skepticism. Allow him to take that and use it, even in these next few weeks. So we're going to get a little countercultural. And so I want to kick this series off by... Um, something that every single one of us deals with. And uh, I, I remember once I was, I, I've only been in two fist fights in my life. Two. And I won neither of them. And uh, I'm, I'm like a giant teddy bear. But this teddy bear, you take off this teddy bear, becomes a grizzly bear. It's half of you out there. And uh, I was in sixth grade. My sister was riding her bike down our, our driveway or down the street in front of our driveway. I lived in Anoka at the time, and she was driving, and there was a, another kid who I just hated. Oh, I just, I wanted to beat the crud out of this. Like, I just despised, I like, oh, just, I would have like these thoughts about him, and I'm like, I just want to go kick the crap out of this guy. Now, I know none of you have ever felt that way, ever. And, and I went, and, and he's, my sister's biking by, and I happen to see this whole thing take place, doesn't even know I'm there. And he, he calls a very colorful name out to my sister, um, and, and you can just use your imagination, and, and he calls it out there, and I'm like, oh no, you didn't. Oh no. And so I'm like, this is not normally me, but I was so mad, and I was so bitter about it, that I just, I ran up to him, and I just started, like seriously, I took, and it was like for half an hour, we just went, we looked like a bunch of wusses just going back and forth, you know? Like just beating the crud out of each other with nothing actually happening. In fact, no joke, half an hour after, we're like, was fighting, we stop and I, I go and, and I look at him like, can we just say we're done? He's like, yeah, all right. So like we walked away. I was 4'11 until my freshman year of high school. I was, four, I was tiny. I was, t- I was a small kid. And uh, I remember 
getting to a place where that, that stuff, I remember holding on to a lot of that stuff, and I remember I was offended. I was highly offended that somebody would even call my sister that name. Now, let's face it, sometimes in our life we get called names and sometimes we deserve them, right? But at the same time, we're God's workmanship. We're his craftsmanship. Every single one of us, I don't care if it's your enemy, I don't care if it's somebody that doesn't believe like you, I don't care if it's somebody that votes the other way, we're all children of God. And what God's trying to do is trying to show us his love through what he's done for us on the cross. And I'm going to unpack that this morning. But what happens is, occasionally in life, you potentially, there's a chance, just a little, that you might get offended by what somebody else does. The Greek word offended actually comes from this word called scandalin. You get scandals from it, scandalous. And what it means is you're literally setting up a trap with the bait that's in it. That's what offense means. It's like you're setting your own snare. You're putting bait into the snare going, all right, I'm going to try to walk this through. But you're setting your own trap to actually destroy you when you hold on to this kind of stuff. And so offense, being offended, it's the tool of the enemy to keep you in the trap, to keep you, nobody else. Even if they offended you, this guy that told my sister, you know this, he probably doesn't even remember it, you know? only affects me unless I forgive, unless I get rid of that offense. And so unless we deal with this little countercultural with God's way, we will actually become what offended us. You will become what offended you. Now, you might not become that person, but when they offend, you're going to start offending. Okay? If you don't forgive, or if if you can't forgive them, God can't forgive you. It says it right in the book of Matthew, chapter 6. And so this is a huge deal for us, is this forgiveness thing. And so for this message to be relevant for you, because I'm sure it isn't yet, tongue-in-cheek, that was sarcasm for those of you that needed to know that, I need you to tap into an emotion for a moment. I need you to do something a little weird, because we all think about this, okay? I want you to think about right now, I'm going to bring up some emotions in you, okay? So just stay with me for a moment, because it's not going to be fun for you for just a moment. But I want you to think of a people group or a person or a group, you know, whatever, or family members that, that, that has offended you. I want you to, I want you to picture their face or their faces right now. I want you to, I want you to think of them. And maybe this is the person probably where you're like, I'm just done with that. I'm I'm done. I I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't give a rip about them anymore. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm over you. I want you to think about who that is right now. The person you're going, I just, I don't care about it. I don't care about it anymore. Okay. everybody, Everybody got it? Everybody got it? Give me a thumbs up if you got it. Give me a thumbs up if you know you'll never get it. All right, good. Thank you. Okay. All right. Some of you have done a great job forgiving. That's awesome. Now think about that person or that group of people that you just said, I don't care about anymore. Now I'm going to bait and switch you. Okay, here we go. The very fact that you say you don't care really means you do. Welcome to the countercultural message of Jesus Christ. You were created to care. You were created to care for that person that totally ticked you off. You were totally created to love them. And so the I don't care, I don't give a rip remedy, that's the world's remedy and it doesn't work. It's a lie. It doesn't work. Okay, again, I'm with you. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you right now. There's a better way to deal with this offense. There's a way better way. And so every offense, it does a few different things. Here's one of the things it does. It separates, doesn't it? Sometimes it's like physically and sometimes you know it's internally. Come on, come on. Some of you go to county market and you see that person coming down the aisle and you don't go down that aisle. 
You know who you are. Or you're worried that you might see them. And so you separate yourself physically. Or you think that you might see them and you start separating yourself internally like, I hope I don't see that neighbor today. I hope I don't see that family member at Thanksgiving. Maybe they died. No, like, like, and literally we'll go down that path. Some of you are laughing because you know it's not funny. And we have this distance. Sometimes it's literal distance. Sometimes it's figurative. Nobody likes conflict. Nobody likes it, okay? And because of that, what happens is we often shut people out. Because we don't want to deal with it. We'd rather just be bitter than better. And so when there's this conflict and this offense that has to be dealt with, what happens is we, we, we don't even do anything about that relationship and it just becomes worse and worse. It becomes like a giant snowball. And that relationship, it doesn't just maintain itself, does it? No. Some of you right now feel separated from God. It's because that relationship doesn't maintain itself. Well, God, I'm just waiting on you. I think God's up there going, knock, knock, putting it. I've been waiting on you a long time. Sometimes the distance is out of neglect. So that's the first thing that happens when we're offended. The second is we put up barriers. Okay, we, we build giant barriers, you know, hedges of protection to keep everybody out. Walls, if you will. Most people think this is a solution. Okay, this is the world's way. We've got to put up a wall. We're done. I've got to put them out. You put up walls to protect you. You're going, well, this is what I need to do. I need to, I need to protect myself. Well, when you wall out bad people, you also wall out good people. And you wall out God. When you put that wall up, you've got to realize that. That thing that you've been through, that offense that you're holding on to, it's not just affecting that relationship, it's affecting all of your relationships. And more importantly, it's affecting you. It's big time affecting you because you wall yourselves in thinking, this is for my own good. This is for my own good. Now stay with me, stay with me. I want, I want it. There's a solution to all this. Okay, so it starts with the separation. Then we put up these barriers and then we get to this place of hostility. Now you might, I'm not hostile towards them. Oh, yes, you are. I'm going to prove it right now. Okay, you know why? How many of you, as somebody who's offended you, you have started to imagine a conversation with them or something that's happened that never happened? All of you have. I'm just going to give you the answer. We've all done it. Why? Because we're holding on to that offense. We haven't let it go. We put up our distance. We put up our walls. We're going, this is going to make me better. Somehow we've bought into this false belief. It's a false belief. Have, have you ever made a, a molehill into a mountain? Familiar with that phrase? That's what happens here, you know? Like this guy that I got in a fist fight with, he might be like, dude, I don't even remember it, I'm sorry. Where I've been living the last 20 years going to 18 different counselors going, help! <laughs> Who did it affect, him or me? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with counselors. We have a ton in our church, they're great. And sometimes we need them to help us with this. This is what they're gonna tell you, <laughs> All right? The situation becomes bigger than the situation. In your mind, you make it bigger than it actually is. We, we pretend, we, we start getting hostile towards it. The tongue la, 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 gets us in trouble. We start belittling others. Out of our own hurt and our own frustration with that, we start offending. We become what, what offended us. You imagine those things. They never happened. And you know what this is? When the offense gets to this point... This is where we start believing in lies. And the greatest weapon that Satan has, the great, this is his biggest weapon, is lies. In fact, the word of God calls him the father of lies. 
By round of applause, has anyone ever hurt you? You scared me for a moment there. Like, no one's ever hurt me. (laughs) So we've all been hurt. We can agree on that. Okay. Some of you right now are still hurting. And when you're hurting, the last person you need to listen to is you. Okay? You, You can't. You can't trust yourself when you're offended. Can't do it. Okay? So what do we do? Great, that's so life-giving. Aren't you a life-giving church? This sucks. <laughs> Let's turn it now, okay? Here we go. I want you to open up to your Word of God with me this morning. I'm going to prove it to you how this happens. We're going to the book of Ephesians. And I want you to see this, that this list that Paul writes to us is the same condition that you and I had before we met Jesus, before Jesus found you, okay? It says this, verses 12 through 14. Remember that at that time you were from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise. He's talking about you, people of non-Jewish heritage, without hope and without God in the world. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the, oh, weird, it's in the Bible, the dividing wall of, oh, it's right here. God found us the same way. We were on the offense and God decided to have a solution, one that we get to use as well. You were brought near, not when you did what you did, but because he did what he did, okay? Before you wanted him as Lord, well, he wasn't the offending party, we were. He insisted, let's get this right, and he took care of it completely. It's done. It's finished. We talked about that last week. It's his finished work on the cross. So what does he ask for in return? Okay, this is where it gets fun. Because he asks us something, and I believe you're going to have freedom from this today. Paul says later on in Ephesians, a couple chapters later, in verses 31 through 32 of chapter 4, he says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Okay, so Paul says... You got offenses? You just got to get rid of it. There we go. End message. We're done. Just get rid of it, dude. Wonderful. That's great. Yeah, dude, don't you think I would have done that like a year ago? It's not that easy, is it? How do we do do that? I love, you know, the, the best part of this verse to me, the most powerful is actually two really what seem almost infamously unfamous words. Just as. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Just as. I love that. Hey, he did it for you. Are we better than Christ? Whoa, no. I don't want to play that equation out. God gives you the power and the capacity to pass it on. Just as he did. That's what he did. He went first. This gives you peace in your heart. If you forgive, regardless of what the other party does. Some of you are waiting on the other party to make it right. You need to, okay? They might not ever make it right. So how do we do it? I got just a a couple ideas for you this morning, okay? First is this, and this is gonna seem really basic, but I want you to, if you've been a Christian a long time, I want you to see this differently today because even last week as I was prepping for this this morning, I realized that I haven't arrived on this yet. 
first is you've got to receive God's forgiveness. You're, some of you are like, duh, what's point two? Some of you haven't received it yet. So many of us in the Christian walk have not done this or even comprehend what this means. Filter it through. Filter it through right now. Not, not up here, but through God's word. Filter it through God's word today, okay? You know, I, I think sometimes we're, we're tr- still trying to tell him our, our sob stories or we're trying to tell God, how can I earn it? Or we tell him, God, we don't deserve it or, or we can't please him enough. If that's you, then we're still misunderstanding God's forgiveness. You don't have to do anything to earn it. Nothing. I want you to get that today. Oh, I've heard that a million times. Hear it anew. Hear it anew. Hear it in a fresh vision from God today. God knew what you would do and what you would do. And he still went through with it. He still sent his son to the cross. He paid it all. Not just some of it, not the majority of it, not, not even 99.9999999% of it. He paid 100%. I would say 120, but you know, I'm married to a math teacher and that doesn't work. He paid it all. And here's a claim statement I want to make to you this morning. You will never have to forgive anybody more than God has forgiven you. Let's put it in perspective. What you're facing, nothing compared to the grace that Jesus has demonstrated on our behalf. Now, this is where I I just love this. See this here this morning. Paul also writes in 1 Timothy to a pastor. He writes this in verses 13 through 15. Even though I was once a blasphemer, this is Paul, If you don't know about Paul's story, the guy killed Christians and set up the stoning of people and went through with this. He hated you and me, okay? Blasphemer, persecutor, a violent man. I was shown mercy, this is his words, because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm the worst. I I joke around sometimes. I say that's the only place in the Bible that's not true because I feel like I'm the worst. The word of God's true. Think of this though. While Paul's out killing other Christians, Christ had faith in him? That's the God we serve. That's the God of forgiveness. And he's saying, do just as he does. Knowing this, when we know and understand this forgiveness... Why would we hold anything against anyone? Why? Because then we're essentially saying, Jesus, your payment wasn't big enough, so I have to hold it rather than you. Let him hold it. Have some freedom today. You need it. You need it. If you live life trying to earn God's forgiveness, you're going to make people in your life try to earn it from you. Got to receive it freely and give it freely. That's point two. Freely give what you've received. Freely give what you received. God gave you this gift completely free. And that's so hard for us because we're, man, we're performance-based in our society, right? The only way you get a raise, you got to work harder. You know, the only way you, you can do the next thing, you got to earn the promotion or get the next thing. And it's always that. It's always the next and what's bigger and bigger. And Jesus is just going, I already did all that. I'm done. It's finished. It's over. It's over. It's done. Matthew chapter 10, 8. This is his call to the disciples and to you and I. It says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. But then I love the end. It says, give as freely as you have received. Give as freely as you received. Jesus is saying, I didn't make you earn it. I didn't make you earn it. So stop trying to make others earn it. That person 
Go back to those feelings in the beginning that you were thinking about. We're still trying to earn it so that we can go to the county market and see them and be okay. We just gotta be okay. Gotta be that bigger person. Jesus forgave. And because we're forgiven, if we're Christians, the forgiven forgive. Hurt people hurt people. Forgiven people forgive people. That's tweetable right there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 through 21. i got a little bit of scripture here for you, so bear with me. Uh, it's, I think it's really important to today's message, and I, see, I want you to see this in your heart. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all. Who's the one? And therefore all died. Who's the all died? Not physically, okay? He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Hold on. Therefore, all died. He died, therefore we all die. This is not talking about a physical death. This is saying we have died now to our sin. We have died now to the fact that, you know what? I no longer am going to hold on to bitterness because I'm going to be countercultural to the world. I'm, I'm going to show the world that there's a better way. What happens when we show them kindness? I value Kindness. Knocks people out when they, they come to the church and like, you didn't judge me. I'm going, there shouldn't be a church that does, in my opinion. Because that's not the church. Do we all have baggage, junk we got to deal with? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Does your pastor? Uh-huh. Okay. But God says, we're to die to ourselves. We're not to hold that towards anybody else. We don't get that permission from God. He's saying, you want a better way? Be free and let it go because he did it for us. He went first, okay? He says in verse 15, no longer live for themselves but for him. Are we living for him, okay? He died for your best interest, so now can we die for his best interest? He died for your best interest, let's die for his. He's saying, show compassion, show kindness. Forgive that person that you just want to rip their head off and you hate, Let's read on here. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. For those of you that are not a new creation yet, make that today, okay? Say yes to him. Tell him you love him. Ask him to forgive you. He will. It's that simple. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Well, what is that? What is, what, what is this reconciliation? What, what? Fancy church word. Woohoo! I don't do good with big fancy church words. Okay, reconciliation means he was, we were reconciled to him. So he reconciled means there was a zero balance on your life. He paid it, okay? He reconciled, the balance was zero. There's no more to offer. It's it, it's done, it's, it's, it's over with. He said, I am charging you who have been sinners, who we've offended, how we've done all this junk. He's saying, zero balance, it's paid for, it's done. And what he's saying is he reconciled us to himself through Christ But now he gives us that same ministry. That ministry is not just for the minister, it's for you. It's for all of us to display and live out the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, we now have to give others a zero balance. We're not good at that. I'm not good at that. But that's what God says we need to do. So we need to get our hearts to that place. Do we give others a zero balance? Sometimes. But sometimes I think we get so caught up in those walls that we wrap around ourselves, that we like them. 
We get comfy there. We get caught up in that because we don't know that freedom and that freedom's scary and it's vulnerable. When we take off the walls, we take off the barriers and we walk into that freedom for the first time because we haven't been there for a long time. We start walking that out and it can get a little nerve-wracking going, well, what if somebody offends me? What if, what, if, what if I'm vulnerable and I get hurt again? You know, I, I listened to a pastor. He was 92 years old and, and he had 101 things in seven minutes for young pastors. It was so good. I just listened to him. He said, in ministries, like sometimes people end up hurting you and, and that does happen. But it happens in any, anything in life. And one of the things that he said is, what you'll want to do as a pastor is not be vulnerable with people. And that's true. It's probably true for you too. But he says, then you need to be. You just need to get over it and be vulnerable again and again and again and again and again. We don't stop. It's countercultural. And what Jesus is saying is that ministry of reconciliation, he's saying that's the least, not, not the most, that's the least we can do for someone else. That's the least, Okay. That's the least. Let's read the rest of this scripture. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Thank you, God. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. He's given it to you that we use now. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors, meaning that we go and we bring that message of reconciliation with us as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Righteousness, another fancy church word, just in right standing. So what God's saying to be in right standing, we have to display, receive the rec- reconciliation of God and then we give it away. In other words, we receive a zero balance for our sins and we give other people a zero balance for theirs. If you're with me, say, oh yeah. If you weren't, you're awake now. Maybe right now you're going, this is all great, Pastor Chris. But you don't know my story. You, you know, let's just get really real for a moment. Maybe you're going, you know what? You, you don't know what my spouse won't do with me in our bedroom. Maybe you're going, you don't realize what my dad did to me and how he's never affirmed me. Maybe you're going, you have no idea that my, my kids won't talk to me anymore. You don't, you don't realize how bad it is. God sees it all. He sees it all. And so let me end with, with these, these thoughts here. You got to go first. Well, I'm waiting until they... No, then you missed everything I said. Stop waiting. Stop hesitating. Stop waiting for everybody to figure everything out. Because that means other people are waiting for you to figure it out too. Go first. Be the first to forgive. Well, Pastor Chris, they're, they're not alive anymore. They're not around anymore. I don't know how to... They don't even have to be part of the equation because you've made them a part of the equation. You just need to tell God. Confess it to somebody. Share. Let it go. Now, forgiveness and forgetting, two different things. You might not forget it. But how I know in my heart, this is how I know. This is not, you're not even going to find this in the Bible. This is, this is Pastor Chris talking just for a second. How I know that I've forgiven somebody is if I can say with all of my heart and all of my being and all of my soul, God, I just pray you'd bless them. Then I know. If I can say that, that's my litmus test if, if Chris has forgiven. If, if I have done what God has called me to do, giving that ministry of reconciliation. 
Now I want to blow this wide open into something that's so cool I saw this week that I think demonstrates why we go first. And it's one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. It's book of Romans chapter 5 verse 8. It says this, this is NIV version, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still crap bags, Christ died for us. Some of us, we don't do well with the word sin because we just associate it to the junk you've done, all the bad things, all the wrong decisions, everything that you've ever felt that you've done amiss. He died for you. Now I want to paint this picture because I, I saw this verse this week like I've never seen it before. Okay, it's so good. He's on the cross. He's being beaten. He's being crucified on our behalf for our sins, for all of our junk. And this is what just, just boggles my mind is he was, he was up there. He wasn't waiting for us to say, all right, we joined the team. We're going to be a disciple. He wasn't waiting for us to get it right. And, and this is what just, just mind-boggling to me is he's on the cross and he does this. He died for our sins even while we were still in our sin. But this is, this is the part that just transformed me this week. And I hope it can transform you too. God gave his life, his only son, that whoever believes receives eternal life. Okay? But do you know he did this willingly, whether or not we do? Oh. He gave his life for us, willingly, not determine whether we'll give our life for him. I don't know, but that messed with me this week. That really messed with me. Because what I realized is, if I handled forgiveness to those that offended me that way, it would change it. It would become countercultural. Christ was there before he was crucified. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's bleeding. He's, you know, his, his sweat is blood. And I don't know if you remember this, but he's there and he's got a choice to make. And Jesus prays to the Father. Do you remember what he prayed? He goes, Father, if this cup can pass from me, then please. He didn't feel like doing it for you and me right at that moment. He didn't feel like it. Pastor Chris, I don't feel like doing it. I don't care, nor does Jesus. You know what he said? I'm going to do my Father's will, not mine. Are we going to do it his way or the world's way? It's a pretty black and white line, in my opinion. A little heavy this morning, I know. Thanks for staying with me. Now I want to pray for you. Just while you're sitting there, just, just sit for a moment. Let's go back to the beginning. That person, the people group, the, the thing. Or maybe even during the message, something came up. You're like, man, I know I'm holding on to this offense. As I was preaching to you, I had stuff coming through my mind. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I thought I was ready to preach this. Think of it right now. Think of who that is. Think of what that is. And let's take off the barriers. Let's take off the separation. Let's stop being hostile. This is where we lay it down. We reconcile. We give them a zero balance. You're not going to forget it. No. Okay. God didn't wire us that way. I don't know why. But he wired us to remember. And maybe it's because he remembered what he did for us. So let's remember that he also did that for those we're offended by. So this is what I want to do just for a moment. And I'm going to pray for you. I want you to take just a few seconds. I want you to sit. I want you to think about that person, that people group. It's between you and God right now. If I, if I open up the altar, we'd all be up here. We're just not going to do that right now. I want you to tell God. You can say it out loud if you want. You can say it however, but I want you to release them. 
I want you to ask God to make you whole again. Ask him to forgive you for holding that against that person or that people group. Maybe it's somebody you don't like or somebody that's offended you, whatever it is. Just take just an awkward pause here for this morning, just for a moment, and just tell God right now. Tell him, and I'm going to pray for you in just a second, but just take a few seconds. When you know in your heart of hearts that you've forgiven them, you know you're called to do that this morning, I want you to stand to your feet. When you forgive them, just stand up wherever you're at. When you forgive them, go ahead. Go ahead. It's all right. Would everyone else join us? Let's stand. God, you know our hearts. You, you knew the evil in our hearts, the good in our hearts. God, but yet you, you looked at all of that. Thank you, God, that you didn't judge us on our performance, but you judged us on our worth as a person created in your image. We're so grateful, God. Father, this morning, I pray right now that there is freedom in this place. Like there has never been freedom in people's hearts this morning. When they leave here, there's a freshness, there's a newness, there's a vibrancy of their faith walk in you of leaving whatever they needed to leave here today. God, I pray they feel lighter as they leave, like they're floating on air leaving here because of what your Holy Spirit is doing in their heart. Because God, this is, what, this is how revival starts, is when we forgive. Every revival ever in human history was started through the forgiveness of people. And I pray right now that we would let our offenses go. We give a zero balance to those that we've brought to you this morning. And through today, through this week, the other people, the other situations that come to mind, would you give us the grace and the mercy to do the same, just as you did it for us, God? Have your way in us this morning, Lord. We thank you for your freedom. I thank you if anyone here this morning said, yes, I want to serve you with all of my life, God. And I just pray that you bless every single person. And right now, God, if you agree with me in your hearts, I want you to pray this with me, Lord. We bless those who we were offended by. We bless those that we were holding stuff against. God, would you bless them, freely give to them as you've freely given to us your grace and your love and your mercy, God, getting what we don't deserve. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. And everyone said together, amen. Hey, can we give God some praise? Come on, there's some freedom in this place. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.